How you going, guys? This episode is all about chatting with my friend, Joanne Heffernan. She's a comedian that is living in New Zealand. You'll find out all about it in a moment. Uh, just a little heads up as well. This was done over the internet, and uh, my internet wasn't that great. Uh, so uh, apologies for a bit of lag here and there. Hopefully you'll still enjoy it, but here you go. Cue the intro. You're listening to The Move. The stories of one ill-equipped man's very apparent shortcomings dealing with life abroad. Now, here's your host, Nick Griffin! Welcome to the podcast. Uh, my name is Nick Griffin, and I am joined here with a guest today. Not very often we have guests on the show, but I'm glad to say that we do. And uh, a welcome to the show, Joanne Heffernan. How are you? I'm great, Nick. How are you? Good. It's almost like we weren't talking for the last half an hour. I know, Isn't this right? This is so <laughs> spontaneous. Now, the uh, the reason why I get you on the show is because you did something very similar to me. So, for those that have been listening to the show for a while, I started this whole thing from moving from Australia to Ireland. And uh, when I moved over, I started doing a whole bunch of random stuff. I started, you know, uh, training for like a marathon. I signed up to do stand-up comedy. I did all of this stuff that I never had the opportunity to do before. And uh, in the middle of all that, I ran into Joanne, who also uh, was doing stand-up comedy and uh, pretty much starting the whole thing the same as I was. So we kind of met each other, uh, became good friends, and she ended up moving from Ireland all the way over to New Zealand. Uh, so I figured it would be pretty interesting at this stage now, being that, uh, you know, coming around about to the end of her time over in New Zealand to check in and see what it's like from a different perspective, you know, I, from Australia to, to Ireland and then from Ireland to New Zealand, seeing the different things uh, that, that came along the way. So yeah, how, how much longer have you, have you got left in New Zealand? How long have you been there for? How has it been so far? Yeah, so I've been here since July last year, so... Yeah, what's that like? August, September, October, November, eight months. It's okay. We'll edit out the counting. <laughs> Sorry. So eight months, and and how have you how have you found it? Like, what have you know? How's it has it been so far? The start was really difficult. Like, I felt homesick straight away. Like, literally, I got here and mm. like within the first three days, I was already crying. Like, what the hell am I doing? Um. And then I traveled around for like five weeks and made some friends and had, and that was quite fun. I did one of those, um, Contiki tours. Well, I did. Oh yes. Well, I'm, I'm very familiar. Yeah, I know. I know you were the one that suggested it to me. Um, <laughs> so I did one of those for about five weeks and then ended up in Wellington and has, have been in Wellington for the last, you know, six months or so. Mm. And so I, yeah, I love Wellington. Wellington's great. I was having a really good time and then recently I've started to feel quite homesick again which I think is to do with various reasons one being that most of my friends are also on working holidays so a lot of them are they're like you know they kind of come in and out of your life so it's hard to feel quite settled um mm. and I'm also I have to leave in about two months to go to my brother's wedding oh okay yeah. all right I was about to say, because you got kicked out. No, yeah. all right. Well, Wedding, my, that's a good reason. My visa is going to be up in July. But yeah, my brother's getting married at the start of June. So yeah, I have to go home for that anyway. 
you mentioned about the whole thing that uh, you know you you made all these friends and they're and they're kind of leaving. And I haven't I haven't had that problem yet at all. Like there's a thing that uh, always happens because in London all the Aussies get a two year uh, visa essentially, yeah. and it's just like this cascading effect of meeting people, becoming super good friends with them, and then them just leaving after two years when their time is up. So thankfully I didn't have any of that in Ireland. One because I didn't really know any other Aussies, and uh, and and two because it was only a year kind of long visa. And I met all Irish people, which worked out really, which worked out really great because yeah, yeah, you guys yeah. don't get kicked out of your own country, which is fantastic. <laughs> but uh, I'm not looking forward to that happening. I could imagine it being very sad, very depressing. I guess like you just need a critical mass of friends in order to not not uh, not feel the sadness at some point. But yeah, maybe. How did you how did you meet friends and stuff to kick off? Well, yeah, my close friends now. I met one girl. I met on that Kentucky tour actually. Um, another other people I met in hostels when I kind of first got to Wellington and then other people I met through work so I have I have a job a part-time job in a bar and well they're kind of half locals but you can't really go out with people that you work with in a bar because they're working all the time well you're already out yeah (laughs) (laughs) and then in my other part-time job which is for a creative agency most of them are kind of older people who are married and have kids and then i've made some friends through doing comedy here as well so comedy actually comedy is quite beneficial for that as we've learned yeah, I mean, and and how how is the whole kind of comedy scene in Wellington? I can imagine it's probably not as uh, as robust as say Dublin, but uh, is there much going on there? I mean, there's, yeah, there's there's a bit um, more more recently because I think people have become a bit more proactive about setting up nights and and some people who they you know I think they got sick of complaining that there wasn't enough going on, so now they've set up their own open mic nights. So that's been really good for the scene here wellington's much smaller than dublin so like wellington's like i'm pretty sure it's only three hundred thousand people or something um so there's just just not enough a not really enough people to sustain you know midweek comedy all the time not like in dublin where Mm. it and actually that's another thing about dublin you get lots and lots of tourists Whereas New Zealand is kind of in, it's kind of in the middle of nowhere. So. It really is. It very much is. <laughs> it's, it's, you, you get less tourists coming in for, you know, the weekend or a few days during yeah. the week, which is, I think a lot of comedy nights in Dublin, if memory serves, like you would get a lot of people that were just there, you know, for work or they were just there for that week, which doesn't happen as much here. Do you find like the fact that, you know, you you did all your initial comedy in Ireland and then coming over to New Zealand, do you have to change the jokes at all or do they land just as well? Like, have Ooh. you noticed any kind of difference in the culture? Oh, big time. Well, Wellington's quite PC as a, like the culture okay. in Wellington is quite politically correct. correct. So hmm. a lot of the, a lot of the darker jokes I have that would do quite well back home really don't do as well here. But on the flip side, people are a bit more open-minded. So if I was to do material about my sex life, it tends to be, people tend to be a bit more receptive to that here than audiences would have been back home. Because I think Irish people, I, it's a generalization, but 
I found Irish audiences to be a bit more prudish than the audiences here in Wellington. Maybe they just like sex more, perhaps. I, I have no idea. Prostitution has been legal here since like the 90s. Yeah, is that true? Yeah. Well, no, it's legal back home as well. Is it? Is it legal in? Uh, is it legal outside of brothels, or is it only in brothels? Oh, that's a good question. I don't know. I the only thing I know is that um, I it's like the only thing listed on my visa that I can't do is like, don't do anything illegal oh, and like what? don't participate in sex work. Yeah. Wait, do they say that like in a daring way? Um, I don't think so. I think it's actually like, hey, don't. They don't like they they don't want to criminalize sex workers, but they also don't want New Zealand to become a a hubbub of, you know, brothels and like to have a culture like a sex tour they don't want to have sex tourism. Yeah, that's a good point. And uh and so, you know, how how have you found the differences? Like that's I mean, obviously, you know, when it comes to the comedy, that's where you really get a good tune in on the the culture there and what and what's different. But what have you just found day to day going around New Zealand and your and your time there? One thing I've like when I was telling people back home that I was going to New Zealand, I think people would say a lot was like, Oh, it's so similar, like everything it looks similar and like the people are so similar. And maybe it's because I have come from, like, I've come directly from Ireland and I haven't, like, really lived anywhere else before. But I find that, like, the differences are quite drastic. Um, mm. mo- especially with, like, uh, with, more so with people. Like, yeah, the the, the scenery is pretty similar. Um, it depends on where you are. But, like, some of the scenery looks a bit more, like, you know, I don't know, like the Alps and stuff are, you know, it look it looks like Ireland, but everything's more exaggerated, you know, everything's bigger. So yeah, with, with one thing I've noticed with people is that um, you probably re- remember that Irish people are really into slagging, mm. right? Yeah. Uh, you know, so like you, you become friends with somebody by poking fun at them. And like, that's just, that to me indicates that someone is getting comfortable with me when they're like making fun of me or like making a joke out of me people here don't get that sometimes i'll say things that back home would be an indication that we're like becoming friends and then people here are like oh why did you just say that really mean thing to me <laughs> it's weird that you should say it like that because it's subtle isn't it? it it is drastic but it's subtle like and it's not until you find yourself in a situation where you're like i don't actually understand what's just happened that you realize that there are really kind of big differences but then generally on the surface it's pretty similar like because how many times would we have conversations and we would just be speaking, then all of a sudden we'd have to stop and, and just confirm what it is that we're actually talking about just because references and, and culture and all that kind of stuff just really yeah, didn't and meld I as I well as what we thought it would. I didn't really notice it as much when we were friends, but now that I'm like, you know, the shoe's on the other foot, I'm like, I, I really notice it a lot, which is crazy. And like sometimes even say in work, you know, I'll be talking to my boss and it will literally take us you know 40 seconds to figure out if we're talking about the same thing and it's just like <laughs> and it, you know mm. it's supposed to be the same language but in other words it's not the same language that you speak it's um it's weird and so have you picked up any kind of weird sayings from there what was the weirdest thing that you heard and wasn't and wasn't sure uh, a little bit confused by it have you have you got any good ones nothing that really stands out have you had a uh, a beer from a chili bin what's a chili bin a chili bin. Uh, so what? So we call it an esky. Uh, the Kiwis call it a oh. chili bin, and you would call it a cooler. 
Actually, no, you just use outside as cool as you don't even have bloody esky. <laughs> like the coolest name for anything ever. Like I've heard of that. And have you had yeah, like jandals? Jandals gets mentioned a lot. That, yeah, that's uniquely New Zealand. That's one thing we call actually, thongs. If we had had this conversation like six months ago, I might have had more things because it all would have been like fresh. But now I'm like used yeah. to how things are, like how people refer to things. People say A a lot at the end of sentences. Like, have you heard me say A? Is it similar to that or is it like no, a different kind of It's just like, it just gets put in at a. the end of every single sentence. Um, I'm trying to think of an example. I don't, I don't know, but like it just gets put in like, oh, the wire is a bit crap today, eh? And it's just like, sometimes it doesn't even make any sense that that A would be in at the end of the sentence, but it just gets put in all the time. Things are mean, like the, it, as in that's cool. Oh, yeah. Something is sick yeah. or something is mean. Yeah. Oh, mean, eh? Yeah. It, it is interesting. It's kind of like, um, and I and I find, like I had the exact same kind of culture shock and it is, it's really not that big. Like if you went to say like an Asian country and lived there, I could imagine it'd be incredibly different, but like there is like a, a subtle kind of difference. And it's like the more Western countries, especially Western English speaking countries that you go to, it's kind of like, you switch yeah, on yeah, international yeah. mode and you have to like, you're doctoring things that you say to make it like just then before when I was talking about the esky, it's like esky, uh, chili bin, cooler. Like you learn all the international kind of slang for it and, and kind of, you know, yeah, yeah. on the fly totally. translate as you're going along. And the, my big kind of thing that I'm worried about is that I'm going to come home and just sound a little bit, uh, a little bit wanky, and have a, and you know, you'll be a little bit posh. Yeah, yeah. Do you think that you've picked up anything? No, I mean to be honest, I think moving to Dublin from very rural Wexford is probably a bigger, <laughs> a bigger culture shock than moving to New Zealand, possibly. Or I find mm. like I find here sometimes I meet people from Ireland and they'll think I'm from Dublin because I lived in Dublin for so long. That's one thing actually I've noticed is that like you spot a familiar accent literally straight away. It like you just like hone in on it. I um my my big thing was I kept mistaking accents when I was in bars and stuff. So like in the first few weeks I was kind of like if there was a lot of people around and you know I couldn't really hear them properly. In my head, I'd just be like, oh, is that an Australian? And then I'd go and be like, oh, so where from Australia are you from? They're like, no, I'm English. I'm like, ah, shit. <laughs> and then you look like a complete idiot. But I mean, as soon as you come, eventually what happens is, you know, people will ask you or you ask them, you're like, oh, where are you from? And you already know that they're from Australia. And then they say Australia. And then you're like, yeah, but whereabouts in Australia? Like, ha ha, mm-hmm. I knew your accent before, you know, we, we confirmed where you're from. And they do the same thing. And you're like... I don't know, like, do you do you want me to say Australia or Queensland? I don't know. For, for me, we always get us mixed up with the Kiwis. Like, everyone's always kind of got... I find it's like uh, a Kiwis usually get more offended by being called Australians than the other way around. And I guess it's just because there's more of us than them. But a lot of people have problems understanding it. Like, we would have problems understanding mm-hmm. the difference between Canadian and American. But I'd, do you ever have... Have you had any locals or anything pick up the difference? I've had... Some people will think they'll ask if I'm British or yeah, like, are they'll, they, there's a lot of people here who don't realize mm. that Ireland is separate to Britain. They really don't. But yeah, I, I didn't realize until I got here how offended I would be by that. Like, I really don't like it. And I really don't like the amount of times people make potato jokes either. Oh yeah. Yeah. 
It, it, it is. It's interesting. It's um, when I just moved over, I had this whole kind of realization that you genuinely don't know your own country until you're outside of it because you know what it's like inside your country. It's not until you leave it and look from the outside in that you see what the rest of the world thinks your country is and what it looks like. And how quickly those jokes become very boring. I remember I, had a, I was at a pub and some guy was just like screaming at me in an Australian accent, just doing like Crocodile Dundee shit. And for the first two minutes, you're like, oh, yeah, funny, funny. And then they just kept going and it just grates at you at some yeah, fundamental like some, level. I have, if, if it's somebody I'm already friends with, I don't mind it as much. But I've actually found that I hmm. tend to make more potato jokes these days as well. Like I definitely, if someone has chips, like I'm always going to be like, oh, my God, can I have one? And they kind of laugh at me because they're like, oh, typical Irish girl likes the potato. Yeah. And it's true. I do. Very much so. <laughs> yeah, but one thing that sticks out to me from more recent times was like, I kind of went, I I was having dinner, or well, I was having drinks with a friend and her flatmate and his friends. And so she was Scottish. He was South African. And then his two friends were locals which actually is pointless information. Anyway, we were all having we were all having this food and one of the girls at the table just cracked some joke about me wanting potato and then I was said like, "Oh yeah, 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 you know, I love potato." And then the other person sitting at the table kind of laughed and they were like, "I was just reading up about that potato thing the other day." And I was like, "You mean the, you know, the deaths of millions of people and you've just kind of laughed yeah. it off?" But I guess I kind of i kind of invited that into the situation by but yeah it, it just it bothers me a lot i mean that that's something that i've realized as well um it's like it, it's not i mean is it is it racism i, I guess it is really at, at some kind of level or something like that but there the, i found that like you guys uh when i was over there a lot of that stuff is actually really touchy um and i from back home i remember everyone being like Oh, just don't talk about religion and don't talk about the troubles or anything like that. That's what that was the advice everyone gave me. No one said anything about the potato famine or anything like that, or you know the fact that people even confuse Ireland as being part of the UK. But I think, like from my perspective, you guys as a culture are a lot more kind of politically and historically aware than a lot of other people have. And it's like without getting too much into politics or everything, like you guys had, you know, like all these revolutions and you had to fight for your country mm. and, and everything like that, which, you know, we, you know, Australia, New Zealand, we didn't really have to do that essentially. Uh, and, and it's really interesting now that you guys seem so much more charged, even um, if anyone's seen, you know, somewhat recently on the news, uh, you guys had the repeal the yeah. 8th, which is the uh, reinstitutionalizing the abortion kind of laws. So like having abortion kind of um as an option and then you guys were the first ones to do um the gay marriage in the western world and and i think like that's even better because i mean a lot of people had to come in to do that and and a lot of people got really active in it and i just found like a lot more of the conversations that i was having and maybe it's because uh, i never lived in like say a metropolitan area or something like that back home but i think that you guys really got you you seem to just be a lot more switched on politically and more socially kind of active uh and that kind of stuff with that point and it's not really something i noticed until i came here or something that i was even aware because i back home i never would have thought i was Mm. politically driven or politically minded or i wouldn't have considered myself to be like really into politics and then i came here and i was like oh like some people like i don't know i just i realized just that in I think it's more in Ireland that like we're taught all of that history from quite a young age. So 
we're just we live it you know like one thing that's another thing I've noticed actually I think Irish people in general have a a distrust in authority okay just a general distrust in authority that doesn't seem to be like as prevalent here people here seem to actually like trust the police force you know oh yeah that's um, an example I've noticed that as well uh because uh the the guardie what's the whole name of the guards back home Garda Siakana there you go. There's some Irish there for you, folks. Uh, yeah, no, they they are a lot smaller. The police force that's there called um, the call them the guards essentially is a lot smaller and a lot less prevalent. And I have noticed that as well. Anytime something went wrong, a lot of people would be like, "Oh yeah, like like the guards are going to do anything about that? Like we're going to get police around here." And I just found that to be very surprising. But I mean, comparatively, you're you're a newer country, you know, than than say even us. So. Yeah, I I wonder if it's actually even more just a hang up from, you know, the how previous generations had a general distrust of you know the when we were ruled by Britain, and so mm. that's just kind of carried on where it's like oh like no like like authority's bad and they're not going to do anything to help you the underdog. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it's it's funny all these little differences uh, that you get, and so like you mentioned before that uh, you were worried about traveling alone. Why did you worry about that? And how do you feel about it all now? Mm. Deep questions. Yeah, I think, like, if you thought this got dark before. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, jeez. Okay. I don't know if we have ever talked about this, but I was Mm. uh, sexually assaulted five years ago. Oh, jeez. I was in, like, pretty serious denial about it for a couple of years. And I had just a general fear of being on my own. Like it, that was one of the kind of things that like, you know, it was like I was, tr- I was trying to ignore the issue and like I just developed this big anxiety about being on my own. I ended up seeing a counselor about it ev- eventually and got over some of the issues or noticed, like learned some of my triggers. That was just something I was nervous. I wasn't sure if I could actually like handle traveling around on my own and did you find did you find that whole kind of process of actually um having a go at it and you know finding your way through it all did you find that therapeutic with everything that that's that kind of that you've been through did it help yeah definitely and i think it's probably good that i picked new somewhere like new zealand um Mm. so like even when i did that when i did the bus tour like at certain points i I, w- I didn't really stay with the one group like I because it was one of those hop on hop off so I'd s- hop off somewhere like Rotorua I hopped off for a few days and just like spent time on my own there like in a place I didn't know and so it was probably you know it was good that I had the language and the culture the culture was pretty similar and it was easy to find my way around because it's everywhere here is like quite small you know Auckland's like the same size as Dublin so everywhere else is smaller than that so yeah, I think I think it's been good. Like even so like a few years ago the idea of going to somewhere like Vietnam on my own would have seemed crazy. Whereas now I'm like, oh yeah, I could probably do that, you know? Yeah. It's funny how big uh your your world gets after you do something like this. Like the cuz I remember I was just like, oh, Ireland and 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 looking back now like I was, I was terrified just to do it because I never really, I never really traveled on my own anywhere or did anything like that. Even just like 
working out how to get from point A to point B in an airport mm. was something that I was a little bit anxious about. And then uh, then you find that you do it and then every then you find out it all worked out and then you're like, oh, what's next? Like I could go driving around Iceland for, uh, for so a week or, or a bit. And yeah. then I did that just that? like a week ago. Yeah, yeah. It's really good. Check it out, man. It is amazing. It's uh, it's really good. The whole population of the country has 300,000 people in it. So what I'm trying to say is stay tuned for the Iceland podcast. (laughs) It's coming. It's coming. But yeah, totally do it. But that's what I mean. Like you you can really, like when you break down those barriers, whatever they are to you personally, if it is just personal anxiety or if it is getting over um, or, or dealing with the trauma that you had, it seems like travel has its own therapeutic benefit only because you're really relying on yourself, I guess. And you really, you know, who do you turn to? Like, sure, you can call people or whatnot, but it's just really nice to know that you kind of dictate what you're going to do, like what you're, you're not really dependent on anyone and, and you have to. It's, it's, it's sink or swim. And most of the time, uh, 99% of the time, everyone swims, thankfully. You know, I've made some good friends and I've made, like you, you find people that will look out for you, even though you actually, you've, you've just arrived in a country where you know mm. literally nobody, you know. Um, so that's a nice thing to learn. Mm. And, um, yeah, I I think this like I do think it's one of the best decisions I've ever made. Just for me and a personal growth, you know, um me in personal growth terms. Does that that sounds a bit weird. <laughs> no, no, yeah, yeah. No, no, that that that, that makes perfect sense. I, I I always feel like uh talking about this kind of stuff, it it seems so uh not like narcissistic, but yeah, you just talk about personal growth and how, how and how much you've changed and whatnot. And it's just funny, like I'm looking forward to going home and finding out how different yeah. I am in my old situations when I was back home and, and, and to see if, if anyone notices because I bet, like this is my prediction, is that it's going to be a lot of things are going to be the same and it's going to feel like I'm different. But then nobody really yeah. acknowledges it or does anything because why would they? So I, I feel like that whole experience is going to be. I'm really looking forward to it. Uh, was is it the same kind of thing for you? Are you are you worried about coming back? I'm a little bit. I'm more worried about going back and then questioning why I went back. <laughs> like I'm, I'm really looking yeah, forward yeah. to going back, but I am also worried that I'll be there a few weeks and I'll be like, I can't wait to get out of here again. Um. But I'm also, I'm not that keen on staying here in New Zealand long term either. So it's not like, it's not like I'm, you know, oh, I really just want to stay when that's not actually what I want forever, you know? Yeah. Nothing against New Zealand. I mean, I had a similar situation. Just Yeah, no. Well, I mean, that's the thing as well. Like I, I had a situation recently where um, a potential job uh, that was you know doing marketing or whatnot, they were saying to me, oh, you know, we really want you to, to stay around. So if we're going to hire you, we want you to look up sponsorship and we want you to, to we want to kind of have a guarantee and an understanding of how we keep you in the country because we want to keep you long term. And sponsorship is like two years or, mm. or extra on top of what I'm already doing. And I just, I'm not ready to commit to that. And it's not like there's anything wrong with the place. Thankfully for me, when I wasn't, I wasn't ready to come home at the end of Ireland. I was still, I still really wanted to stick around somewhere. 
And uh, thankfully, you know, because the UK is just next door and we get a two-year visa, uh, it gave me the opportunity to do that. But there's sometimes where you're just like, I really want to go home. And sometimes you're like, I'm not ready to go home. But I guess the great thing about it is, you know, New Zealand's not going anywhere. The rest of the world isn't going anywhere. And when you get back, you might, you know, you might just want to go somewhere yeah, else yeah. afterwards. So, And it's still an option available to you. Here's a question. Hmm. What, what else do you miss from back home? Um, mostly the chippies. Um, <laughs> also, I'm really looking forward to a spice bag. You Have you had a spice bag before? Yes. Okay, spice bags. Do you want to describe spice bags? Sure. Um, so you normally get them in like Chinese-owned takeaways. And it's like chips and like fried onions and peppers uh, or capsicum, right? Yes. Um, yes. And chicken, like crispy chicken, right? It's like a bread. Yeah. How do you describe chicken, crispy chicken? Uh, I don't know. What do you mean? I don't know. Isn't it just like crumbed like a, kind of stuff? Yeah, I guess so. Uh, and then it's just covered in like chilies and spices and it's dirt cheap and it's just delicious. And it's like, so in any of the ones that I had, whenever I've gotten a spice bag, for whatever reason, they serve it in, um, for my, for the local one I used to go to, they used to serve it in a pizza box and they duct tape it oh, shut. Oh, you, yes. So They're like, the best ones. there's so much deep fried food in this, in this thing that it's a full pizza box, duct tape shut to fit it all in. For some reason, you always get a Chinese calendar if you buy enough. Yeah, would you get a, a curry sauce dip in that as well? Oh, that's the other thing. Curry sauce, so yeah. flipping good. Love it so much. I could happily drown in that and not even be angry. I wouldn't come back and haunt anyone. I'd just be like the most content person in the world. Um, here's one thing, one little uh, caveat to the spice bag. Best enjoyed in one serving, not because it's good for you, just because if you leave it overnight, the grease will actually uh, penetrate the pizza box and it, it will cease to be a box anymore mm. so just for just for practical yeah. sense alone best enjoyed in one sitting that's my uh that's my recommendation yeah that's a good recommendation <laughs> yeah i mostly miss i mostly miss those kind of like you like hungover foods like i really miss chicken fillet rolls which is a thing in um, ireland it's a huge thing uh i found out and it's a, yeah. it's a whole way of life the chicken fillet roll oh my god it's the best thing ever um, <laughs> i really miss yeah, I really miss um, good kind of like. I feel like back home there's like cheaper lunch options. Okay. Whereas here, if I want a cheap lunch option, it's like McDonald's. Here's a question for you. So you, um, so that that's obviously the negative part. Looking back, uh, back home and, and thinking what you miss. What are some new things that you've discovered in New Zealand that you just are gonna miss so much? Mm, that's a good question. Um, I just realized I probably should have said my family and friends when you were like, what are you, what do you miss in Ireland? Like, food. No chips. I just miss food. There's a lot of like particular like, because uh, Wellington's a really big craft beer city. Um, so I'm going to miss certain beers that I won't be able to get back home that I really like. Um, I'm going to miss the delicious coffee. That's yeah. just everywhere. We talked about that before. Um, now, give me a definitive answer. Is coffee better in the Southern Hemisphere than the Northern Hemisphere? In my experience, yes. Excellent. But Excellent. then again, I'm com- I'm comparing. I'm just comparing Ireland and New Zealand, but it's yeah. 100% better in New Zealand. I've noticed it's that as 1, well. One thousand percent. One thousand percent better in New Zealand. It's just delicious. I'm so happy um, to be validated right now. <laughs> um, Have you had any cookie time? yes opinion i found it a bit overrated oh all right 
Are you are you prepared for the tidal wave of New Zealand uh, hate mail your way? <laughs> Bring it on. <laughs> okay, so um, um, so what do you have any advice for anyone that's thinking about doing the big move and going overseas? Do you, what have you learned from the whole experience, and what can you impart on anyone that is you know thinking about doing the same thing and hasn't had a go at it yet? You definitely need more money than you think you do. <laughs> <laughs> Like, yeah, if you're looking at it and, you know, because they all, they all say like, oh, this is the minimum amount you need. I had double that and like I could have easily done with. Yeah, you need you need as much money as you can muster, mm. I would say. Um, but yeah, do it. Just do it. It's the best thing you could possibly do. And so what's what's next for you? Do you think you'll go somewhere else? Probably going to head to berlin maybe yeah. <laughs> i don't know but yeah i'm I'm thinking i'm kind of thinking of maybe trying some like just doing six months in some european city so it definitely opened up the door yeah definitely it just feels like i should take advantage of this european passport before it all blows to crap which <laughs> seems to be what is going to happen yeah um, hey well you know at least uh with the whole brexit thing maybe the commonwealth uh, will have a bit more to say uh, about things at least maybe we'll get a longer visa at the very least so i'm always two ways yeah about that's it. what everyone that's what everyone here has been saying yeah, yeah um and so finally uh you are a comedian joanne you do comedy where can people find Ooh. things about you so i have a twitter account that i sometimes use to test out my jokes okay excellent it's- at Joanne Hef. So basically, people go to your Twitter page and, you know, who knows, maybe you'll be coming around to a city near them now that you're a, a big uh, a world gallivanter. Now, now I'm an international comedian, you know. <laughs> it's always good to have the title. Um, but yeah if, yeah, if anyone's in Wellington in the next, you know, two months, they can, yeah, follow my Twitter and maybe I'll tweet about doing a gig in Wellington over the next two months. Joanne, thank you very much uh, for chatting with me today and and telling me all about your experiences. And it's just interesting to see what the other side uh, of the whole situation is like. And who knows, we might have you uh, on the podcast again sometime in the future. Oh my goodness, that would be great. Thanks, Nick. Bye. Thank you very much, Joanne Heffernan, for being on the show. Again, go check her out on Twitter. That is Joanne Heff on Twitter. And if you are in Wellington, do go and see her, guys, if she is doing any gigs. She is very funny on the stage. And, uh, yeah, you haven't got long until she's back in Ireland. But that's it, folks. Thank you very much for listening. Uh, you can always email us at themovenickgriffin, all one word, themovenickgriffin at gmail.com. Any ideas that you have for any future shows, any feedback you have, good or bad, I'm here to listen to it. But until then, guys, thank you very much, and I'll catch you next time.